Uh, welcome again to Bridgewater. Uh, my name is David. I serve as an intern here, and today I get to open up the Word as well. And I don't know about you, but I love the holiday season. I love Christmas. I love Christmas music. I love all the presents. I love um, Christmas food. Uh, I love food generally, but I especially love Christmas uh, food. Um, I love the opportunity to to get together with family um, and have time. I, I like snow, although we. Unfortunately, didn't get that this year very much, um, but I just love the Christmas season. We spent some time with um, both families this past week, and, and uh, my family, I've got three older sisters, and between them, they have seven kids, um, most of whom are, un, are two and under, um, and so Christmas was incredibly busy. Um, someone had the idea of, let's try to have all the kids open one present at a time. That didn't, that didn't work at all. It was complete mayhem for about 15 minutes as they all just ripped everything open. And then uh, Piper, one of the little ones, decided she was going to open her, all of her mom's presents too um, because she wanted to. Um, so that was my Christmas. Um, uh, uh, we had a great time with um, both sides of our family. But, but maybe like me, you've noticed that the holiday season can also be a little bit stressful. It can be a little bit Stressful. Sometimes we get to the end of the holiday season, and instead of feeling uh, relaxed, instead of feeling like we've just celebrated the birth of Christ, instead we feel overwhelmed. We feel stressed out. We feel exhausted. I mean, the holiday season has so much packed into it. You probably had about a dozen different Christmas parties that you were obligated to attend. You probably had to buy presents for what feels like a billion people. And then you had to wrap those presents, which, if you're me, is a very stressful thing because you're not very good at it. And so you kind of avoid it or ask your wife to do it or get a gift bag instead because then you don't actually have to wrap it right. You just put some paper on the top. Even I can mess that up, though, too. My paper doesn't look as good as when my wife does it for some reason. I don't know what I do wrong, but she just does it better. Um, so that can be a stressful thing. Too. And then you've got to put up all these decorations, and, and that takes forever. And then in only a couple of weeks, you're going to have to take them down. And you've got to make sure all the lights on the tree actually work. And so you're going through, pulling out each individual light, trying to figure out which one's the wrong, the one that's bad. And so you're trying to replace those. And then by the time you're done, you want to throw out the tree and all the lights with it, right? And then you get to finally get to Christmas Day. And if you have kids, you probably spend half the day trying to get the toys out of the plastic packaging that seems to be designed to survive like a nuclear bomb or something. Um, and then you have to go to the store, which you have to go to three to find one that's actually open, um, to buy batteries, because of course it didn't include batteries. And then you got to help them put the thing together. And all of a sudden, your day is gone. And you didn't really get a chance to sit down and enjoy Christmas. I think it's really easy in our culture to, to get to the end of the Christmas season and and just feel stressed out, to feel exhausted, to feel anxious and overwhelmed. And maybe that mo this morning that describes you. Maybe you walked in here with some stress from the holiday season and from all that that carries. Or maybe you came in here with some other type of stress. Maybe you're overwhelmed with everything that's on your plate at work. Or maybe you've got a family situation that's, that's really not pretty and, and you're stressed out about that. Or you've got some friends that are struggling and that's stressing you out or you're worried maybe about what this next year is going to bring. Reality is that we are living in the most stressed out time in, in history. Our, our world is growing increasingly stressed out. Even before there was a pandemic to deal with, studies have shown that we are increasingly stressed out as a society. If you ask the average person how they're doing, they're likely going to give you some version of, I'm good, just really busy, right? Everyone is always busy all the time. And what's interesting is that this busy and stressed out feeling is not, uh, is, is not it, it's almost like celebrated. It's almost like we have to be busy all the time. Like if you were to ask somebody how they are and they said, I'm good, I'm, I'm taking life at a slower pace, you'd probably look at them like, what, what, 
what's wrong with you? Do you have a job or is your job super easy? Like, we just kind of like assume that they're lazy and if they don't say they're busy, like, we almost think that if someone isn't busy, they're just lazy, they're lacking drive. Stressed out is the new normal. It's the new normal. We expect it from ourselves and we expect it from everyone else. But what if there was a different way to handle the busyness of life? What if we could learn to have a life that wasn't ruled by stress, that wasn't ruled by anxiety? Well, today we're going to learn how we can battle stress well, how we can battle stress well. And we're kicking off a a new series called We're All Freaking Out and Why We Don't Need To. And in this series, we're talking about stress, depression, fear, and, and really more importantly, how we can interact with those things in a way that actually leads to a life of peace. Because you see, God has given us the ability through Jesus to have a life of peace, even in the midst of a world that's freaking out. And some of the inspiration for this series came from a book that's uh, by that same title by a guy named David Marvin. It's, it's a really good resource. If you'd like to maybe read some more, I'd, I'd encourage you to read it. And we even challenged, challenged you throughout this series to attend um, every single week because we think these things that we're talking about are, are so important and will be so helpful to you or maybe helpful to someone in your family or, or helpful to a friend. And so we hope you can, you can join us over the next uh, four weeks as we, as we talk about these things and how we figure out how Jesus can help us stop freaking out. And so let's dive into the word together and, and figure out how we can battle stress. If you have your Bible, please turn to, uh, to Luke chapter 10. We've been looking at the story of, of two sisters and, and the time that Jesus came to their house. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And so here we have Jesus at Martha's home. He's uh, traveling with his disciples, and he gets invited over to Martha's place, and and she, as a good Jewish hostess, knows that it's her duty to make dinner for these men. And so this sense of responsibility and this expectation placed on her leads her to be stressed out. And the the text doesn't actually use the word stressed. It says that she is distracted, worried, upset. Some translations say that she is uh, anxious or troubled, but I think today we would use the word stressed. She is stressed out. And, And why is she stressed? This morning, I want to look at three uh, sources of stress that we see here in the text that we see in Martha's life that I think, if we're honest, show up in your life and show up in my life as well. And so the first source of stress is distractions. Distractions. Martha is stressed out even though she has the greatest teacher who ever lived sitting in her living room. I mean, you think she'd be excited to host the Savior of the world, but instead she is stressed out because she is distracted. Text says that she's distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And we don't know if she was trying to do some over-elaborate meal for these men, and that's what was stressing her out, or if she was just feeling the weight of 13 men on all of a sudden showing up for lunch. Like, if 13 men came knocking at your door saying, we want lunch, you'd probably be a little bit stressed too, right? Um, so maybe she's just feeling that weight. And Jesus says that Martha is worried and upset. And, and the word that he uses for 
upset is actually, it's rooted in a word that means commotion and uproar. And so it seems that what Jesus is doing is he's pointing out that with stress and with distractions, there's, there's both an external factor, that commotion and that uproar of, you know, 13 men all of a sudden showing up for lunch, but there's also an internal factor. So I think with stress and distractions, I think we see that in our lives, right? There's, there's both an internal and an external. We can't always ex- control the external distractions and the external stressors that happen in our lives. But we can control what we do with those things, right? I think there's going to be some periods of life, some seasons of life that are just going to naturally involve a lot of distractions and stressors. Like if you're trying to work full time and put yourself through school, if you're a single mom who's working, if you've got somebody in your family with a major health crisis right now, you're probably going to be feeling a lot of weight in this season of life. And you shouldn't, I don't think you should have to feel bad about that. But on the other hand, there are many external distractions and weights that we can do something about, Right? I don't think I have to tell you that as a society, we are so unnecessarily distracted. We're so unnecessarily distracted. And, and I think that right now, at the beginning of a, good, of, a, excuse me, of a new year, would be a good time for us to, to just pause and think about, okay, what are maybe some distractions in my life? Some things that are taking my focus off of Jesus. Maybe good things, not necessarily bad or, or sinful things, but good things that might be taking my focus off of Jesus, because I want you to notice that what Martha was doing, what she was distracted with, was a very good thing. The word that was, that's used for preparation literally means service. She was serving. We believe that's so important. In fact, that's one of our core values as a church. We think serving is so incredibly important. It was a good thing, but it wasn't the best thing for her in that moment. And how she was doing it was leading her to be stressed out. Notice also the the result of her distraction. She has the most important person in all of human history sitting in her living room, but she is too busy to spend time with him. She is stressed out and she is distracted in the kitchen while the savior of the world is sitting in her living room. She lets serving Jesus get in the way of actually spending time with Jesus. I want you to think with me for a moment. If you could pick one person in all of human history to come to, ha- uh, to have over to your house for dinner, if you could pick any person in all of human history, and can you imagine how crazy it would be if you spent the entire time in the kitchen cooking or upstairs vacuuming or cleaning out some closet and you never actually spent any time with them? I mean, imagine how wild it would be if you had uh, Martin, Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. or Beyonce or whoever you would pick. I don't judge. Um, whoever you would pick. Imagine you have them sitting in your living room, but you're too busy cleaning out the closet. You're too busy vacuuming upstairs. You're too busy cooking in the kitchen to actually spend time with them. And then even beyond that, Martha is stressed out about providing a meal for the man who the chapter before this had provided a meal for over 5,000 people with one boy's lunch. We don't know exactly the time that elapsed, and we don't know 100% if Martha knew that, but the point remains that that she's stressed out about providing for Jesus. He just fed 5,000 people with a small boy's lunch, and also, he's the creator of the world. He created everything out of nothing. And yet, she's stressed out. She's distracted from spending time with him. And as wild as that sounds, I think... You and I do that far more often than we'd like to admit. 
If you're a follower of Jesus in here this morning, then you have Jesus living inside of you. You have intimate and immediate access to the most important person in all of human history. And yet, how often? How often do we get caught up in the distractions of life? How often do we get distracted with so many other things, maybe good things, that just pull us away from our relationship with Jesus, where we barely spend time with him, or when we do, we're so stressed out and distracted that we're thinking about those things, and we're not even really listening to what he has to say. I know my week, can, my week and my day can fill up so fast that before I know it, I've got no time to, to sit, to think, to pray, to process, to think about what God is doing in my life. I think it's easy for parents to let sports and drama and music lessons and advanced classes and so many other activities crowd their lives and the lives of their kids so much that all of a sudden there's no time for for church, there's no time for devotions, there's no time for, for prayer because we're so busy. In our world, it's so easy to get distracted with so many different things, maybe good things, but they take our focus off of Jesus. And so the first source of stress is distractions. Secondly, I think another source of, distra- of, of stress is expectations. Expectations. In our, in our text, we see Martha stressed out by the expectations she felt were placed on her to, to provide for these 13 men who showed up to her house. Martha's the responsible sister. She's the one who owns the home. She's the one who's serving. She's the one who's always doing the right thing. And in that society, hospitality was a really big deal. Like, you did not just turn away guests. You dropped everything, because remember, there was no cell phones, so nobody could text and say, hey, we're on the way. They just showed up, and you dropped everything, and you served them. That was the expectation of society then. And so Martha felt that expectation of society deeply, and and that expectation of being like this perfect hostess led to her being overwhelmed, led to her being stressed out. And you can probably relate to that. I think all of us in here have felt the weight of expectation, whether it's our society, whether it's your parents, maybe it's your your spouses, maybe it's your siblings, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's your own expectations that that have weighed heavy on you. The reality is that as a society, we have adopted expectations that are completely unsustainable and unrealistic. I mean, we think that we need to work more hours than any generation before us while also making sure to exercise more than anyone in history while making sure to eat right. And you got to make sure you take time for your pets and your kids and your spouse. And, and you got to make sure you keep up with stuff that's going on in social media because you don't want to be left out. And you also got to make sure you got to know what's going on in the news. And you better make sure that you own everything that everybody else does because you don't want to be left out. And on and on and on the list of expectations can go. And then you, when you add to that your family's expectations, which can sometimes be ridiculous, and maybe your own personal ambitions, which, if we're honest, sometimes are just unreasonable, you can have this just crushing weight on your shoulders with expectations. I want to let you in on a life-giving secret. You don't have to live up to society's expectations. You don't have to have that social media account with all those followers. You don't have to have that perfect job and that perfect house. You don't have to live up to your family's expectations. If your boss uh, has unreasonable expectations, you don't have to meet those. In fact, you don't even have to meet your own expectations. The only person you need to worry about pleasing is God. The, The bad news about that is that God's expectation is really high. In fact, he demands complete and perfect 
holiness. That's bad news. But the good news is that Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life and he died in our place and he rose again all so that he could meet that expectation for us. And so now when God, if you are a follower of Jesus, when God looks at you and when God looks at me, he no longer sees our account. He no longer sees our record. He sees the perfect record of Jesus that has been placed on us. And so he is already pleased with us. Jesus already took care of of that. You don't have to carry the weight of expectations. Societies, your families, even your own. Just carry the weight that Jesus gives you. And, and he said that his weight is light in Matthew 11. It's still a weight, but it's not the crushing weight of expectations. I mentioned that some of the inspiration for this uh, series came from a book, and I want to share for, with you a quote that I found so life-giving that was in that book. If you want a life of purpose and peace instead of stress and anxiety, you must learn to resist the temptation to do it all. Because that's what living up to everyone's expectations will require of you, right? You're going to have to do it all, all of the time. It goes on to say this. Getting everything you want done today is not usually possible. Prioritizing what God wants you to do is always possible. Isn't that freeing? Isn't that freeing to know that what God wants us to do is always possible? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. I'm an overachiever. And so usually the list that I make myself for a day is, is longer than any like human being could achieve in one day. And, but, but if getting everything I want done in a day is not usually possible, that reveals that really I expect more from myself than God does. Think about that for a minute. How wild is that? I expect more from myself than the Lord of the universe. Talk about unreasonable and unhelpful expectations. The Lord of the universe says, I only need to worry about pleasing him. But I end up wanting to add to that, and I want to please my boss, and I want everyone in church to like me, and I want all my friends to like me, and I, I want to be really impressive, and, and on and on, the things that I want to add to my shoulders. But Jesus says that his weight is light. Prioritizing what God wants you to do is always possible. God will call you to do things that are impossible in your own strength, but when you lean on him, he'll always give you what you need. So we've seen that distractions and expectations are some sources of stress, but lastly, I think fear can be a major source of stress in our lives. And I'm, I'm not really going to spend much time on this because we're going to come back to fear in, in week three. All the topics in this series kind of overlap, right? Stress, anxiety, fear, worry, they can kind of be this like vicious cycle that can overtake our lives. But I want to just mention it here because I think we see it in the story, and I know it's a, it's, a, it's a source of stress in my life, and I think it is in yours as well. Martha is afraid that she's not going to be able to, to meet the expectations of society. She's afraid that she's going to disappoint Jesus, that she's going to disappoint his disciples. The text doesn't explicitly state it, but I think we can tell from her stressed out, her stressed out reaction that she's afraid of all kinds of, of bad outcomes in this situation. And I know in your life and in mine, fear be a major source of stress. I think probably maybe most, maybe even all the times when I'm stressed out, there's some root fear in my life that's being revealed, that's coming to the surface. And maybe in our lives, it's, it's fear of losing our jobs or of getting sick, of someone rejecting us, of letting people down, of, of not meeting our expectations or maybe the, the expectations of society or, or many other things. Fear is, is a major source of stress. And I hope you can, you can join us again in a couple weeks when we touch on that again. So far, we've been talking about the sources 
of stress. And now I want to briefly talk about some of the side effects. What, what does stress bring about in our lives? What does stress do in our lives? And I, I again, want to look at, at Martha and, and see how she, what, what's going on in her life and, and see how that relates to ours as well. In verse 40, Martha accuses Jesus, right? She says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? And then she makes a demand. She tells Jesus to, to have her sister come help her with all the preparations. And so really what she's doing is she's telling God what to do, and she's getting angry when he's not obeying her. So I think the first side effect of stress is that we tell God what to do and get angry when he doesn't obey. And when I say it like that, you're like, wow, that sounds really heretical. I don't do that. But probably if we're all honest in those moments of stress, that's what we do, right? We make demands of God. God, give me a different job. God, get my kids act together. God, provide that thing that I need. And when he doesn't respond the way that we want him to, we get angry. God, what are you doing? And even like Martha, we begin to doubt his character. Don't you care? Don't you care about what's going on in my life? We doubt him and we grow angry with him. But secondly, I think we blame others for our problem. We blame others for our problem. We see Martha blaming Mary. Don't you care that she's left me to do the work all by myself? If Mary would just stop being lazy and come and help me, then my problem would go away. And we do the same thing, right? If my wife would stop pestering me, then our marriage wouldn't be in shambles. If my kids would stop disobeying all the time, I wouldn't be stressed out as a parent. If my boss didn't have such unreasonable expectations, I wouldn't be stressed out at work. And on and on the list can go, right? We blame others. It's always somebody else's fault. And, and sometimes other people do have a, a role in our stress. But as, as we already looked at, there's both the, the external and the internal part of stress. And so we, we can't always control those external things around us, but we can control what we do with those things. And so the reality is, when we're stressed out, we're actually choosing that. We're choosing to be stressed out. Well, third, I think the, the last side effect of stress is that we miss out on what's most important. We miss out on what's most important. Jesus said that Mary had found what was best, but Martha, in her stress, she had missed out on it. She was stressed out trying to make everything happen on her own, while the solution to her stress, the one who was most important in the entire world, he was sitting in her living room. But we do the same thing, don't we? I mean, how often do we go to church or go to read our Bible, but we've got so much stress on our hearts that we aren't handing over to God, and so we're barely listening. We're barely paying attention. We're thinking more about our stress than we are about what God is saying. I think sometimes we're more in tune with our stress than we are with our Savior. And so even when we sit down to spend time with him, our hearts and our minds are distracted. They're elsewhere. And how often do we also let stress sap the joy out of other good things in life? And how many times have you been at home with your family and you should be enjoying your time with them, but your mind is still at work. Your mind is still going through the list of things you do. Your mind is still stressing out. How often have you tried to sit down to, to read a book or watch a movie or do whatever you want to do that helps you relax and, and your mind is still running through all those things, all those stressors. When we give in to stress, we miss out on so, so much. So what can we do with stress? How can we gain victory over it. Well, I think in this passage, we see that the solution to stress is sitting with the Savior. The solution to stress is sitting with the Savior. Sounds simple, doesn't it? It's not always easy. You want a life free of anxiety, stress, and overwhelm, then you need to learn to sit with the Savior. In our, in our text, Martha is freaking out in the kitchen, but her sister Mary 
is sitting at Jesus' feet. And Jesus said that Mary had found what was better. She had chosen what was better. And we know from John chapter 12 that Martha eventually learned that lesson too. In the timeline of the Gospels, that what happened there in John 12 takes place after this story here in Luke. And there we see Martha serving again. She's serving again, but this time she's not stressed out. This time there's no mention of a rebuke from Jesus. This time there's no mention of any sort of stress from her. She is just serving. And so apparently, maybe from this encounter with Jesus, Martha learned the lesson to, to serve, but to also be able to sit with Jesus. And so we need to learn from this story that we need to, to spend time sitting with our Savior. And that, and that means that we need to spend time sitting with him instead of sitting with those things that stress us out. Instead of letting our mind go down all the lists of what we need to do and all that could go wrong and trying to fix everything and trying to make sure we have everything taken care of ourselves. Instead of letting our mind go there, we've got to take all that weight, all that stress, and just lay it at the feet of Jesus. First Peter 5, 7 says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Notice that it doesn't say some of your anxiety are the really important and big ones or the ones that you're willing to admit to other people that you actually have, but all of your anxieties. If it's big enough to stress you out, it's big enough to pray about. We really should, should use our stress as kind of like a, a, an indicator that we should pray, like a, a light on your car dashboard telling you it's time to do something about what's going on in your engine. We should use stress as a way to say, oh my goodness, I need to take this to God. Sitting with the Savior means that we spend time with him, listening to what he says and actually doing what he says. It means that we need to spend enough time with him that his voice is louder than the voice of all the things that are stressing us out, telling us we need to freak out. And I think we can hear a statement like the solution to stress is sitting with the Savior and think that all that that means is that we need to be um, doing our devotions, that we need to be spending time regularly in the word and in prayer. And that's so important. I don't want to minimize that at all. But I think anybody who's stressed out can tell you that reading the Bible doesn't like magically make your stress go away. I, I can tell you from experience that there have been many days where I was stressed out, but I had done my devotions that day. Like I'd spent time in the word, I'd spent time in prayer, but I was still stressed out. And so sitting with the Savior means that we take our stress to him whenever it pops up. Not just once a day, not just once a week, not just one time and think that about one situation, say, okay, I'm going to hand this situation over, but whenever that stress wells up within, within us, we've got to take it to him and we've got to cast it on him. And for some of us, if you're like me, that might mean you need to run to him hundreds of times a day. It'd be really nice if it was one and done, right? If we could just say, all right, we're done. But stress doesn't work like that because we want to pick it back up, right? We want to pick that weight back up. Every time something in our lives starts to stress us out, we need to take that to God, ask him to help us. And I want to clarify that when we're talking about the solution to stress in this series, we are primarily talking about the, the spiritual um, side of stress, primarily talking about the spiritual side. We're not denying that for some here, there might be a real need to, to see a professional counselor or maybe even get some, some medication. Sin has so wrecked our, our world and our bodies and our minds that sometimes things can just get out of whack. And so we are not in any way denying that those things are helpful, that those things can also, um, also help with stress. But what we're saying is uh, we're going to look at really what the Bible has to say about these issues and how they can be addressed spiritually. But again, please don't take that to mean that those are, ways are unhelpful, inappropriate. If you're in need of counseling, please please reach out for the help that you need. We'd even like to help connect you to some good counselors if you need that. 
I think if we're honest, we're all more like Martha than unlike Martha. I think all of us can let stresses of life overwhelm us. We can rely on our own abilities and strength and knowledge instead of running to Jesus. And this story teaches us that Martha, instead of relying on her own ability to provide for Jesus, should have relied on Jesus' ability to provide for her. But if we can learn what Martha eventually learned, if we can learn to sit with the Savior and to rely on him instead of thinking that we need to figure everything out ourselves, that we need to be in the kitchen providing for everything ourselves, so when the the one who made food for 5,000 people with one boy's lunch is sitting in our living room, if we can realize that we should probably be sitting with him instead of trying to provide for him, I think we can learn to have a life that isn't overwhelmed by stress and worry and anxiety. So let's not be people who are too busy and stressed out and distracted to spend time with Jesus. We should spend that intentional time with him every day. And we actually have some, some Bible reading plans available for you today. We've got a, a year-long one, and we've got a 30-day one that we'd encourage you to take if you, if you need a Bible reading plan. At the beginning of the year, this would be a great time to maybe start, start building that habit or, or maybe reprioritizing that habit in your life. We do highly encourage that. And, but in addition to that, wherever, whenever, our stress starts to well up inside of us. We need to take those things, and we need to cast them at the feet of Jesus. Let's take the time to go to him and cast those cares because we know he cares about us. Instead of sitting in our stress, letting our minds go down all the rabbit trails, to go down all the lists of all that we need to do, and again, trying to make everything happen in our own, trying to figure it out in our own strength and our own ability and our own knowledge. Instead of doing that, we need to take those things and cast them at the feet of Jesus. And we need to leave them there. When we feel ourselves starting to pick that weight back up, let's turn around again and again, and again, and cast them at his feet. He is big enough to handle those things. He's so much bigger than every single one of the things that has ever stressed you out. He can handle those. And so we should leave them at his feet instead of trying to carry that weight all by ourselves. And I want to conclude by admitting to all of you that Stress is not something that I have mastered. And I don't say that as just like trying to be humble and admit that I'm not perfect. I mean that like stress is probably one of my primary temptations in life. I'm an overachiever, a perfectionist, people pleaser, and so stress kind of worry kind of comes naturally with those things, right? And then add to that that I was, I was called to, to ministry, and ministry constantly reveals my weaknesses and my insecurities, and that can lead to be, being more stressed. You see, when God called me into ministry, I thought, God, you have the wrong guy, because I knew that ministry involved talking in front of people, and that is not something that I naturally enjoy. One of my greatest fears growing up was public speaking. This is not something that comes naturally to me, and so when God called, God called me to something that in my flesh really can stress me out. And as someone who deals with stress all of the time, I can tell you both from the scriptures and from experience that the solution to stress is not working harder. It's not getting better. It's not turning to stress relievers. It's not trying to figure it out on your own strength. And and maybe eventually if you work hard enough, you'll be able to get your stress under control. Solution to stress is sitting with the Savior. I often have to multiple times a day take my stress to God and lay those things at his feet. I've got to trust that he knows what he's doing and that he's big enough to handle every single one of those things that stress me out. He's not surprised by them. He knows what he's doing. I wish I could say I'd I'd do that well, but I, uh, I often fail. There are many days where it takes me hours to take things to God and I sit in my stress instead 
Yes, even days where what I'm stressed about is opening God's word and talking to you about stress. I think it's incredible that God would have me talk about this. I think it's such of God that he had Matt ask me to preach this message because I feel like I'm the least qualified person in this room to be talking about stress. And then this morning, even, God gave me an opportunity to practice what I preach because um, Luke was supposed to be here and was supposed to be leading worship, and then that didn't happen, and he had to leave. And if you're someone who's a perfectionist, you don't like changes of plans, right? You understand that. And so all of a sudden, there was welling up within me this worry and this stress and this weight, and it, all of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks. David, what are you going to do with that weight? What are you going to do with that stress? Are you going to try and carry it on your own? Think your shoulders are big enough to carry it? Are you going to throw it at my feet? Are you going to cast those cares to me? I found that when I pause, take a deep breath, take my stress to God, and spend some time sitting with him, all of a sudden I remember, remember who he is, remember what he's done for me, I remember that he's already taken care of my greatest problem, and so anything I face in life really is not that big of a deal. I remember that he's promised to provide everything that I ever need. He's promised to be with me wherever I go. All of a sudden, my stress shrinks. My trust in God grows, and I'm able to stop freaking out. And sometimes I have to do that like 15 times in a row before I can finally move on. We've got to cast those cares at his feet. He cares. He knows. He's bigger. He's so much bigger than anything that could ever stress us out. I hope that today you've, you can leave armed with what you need to battle stress. And if you need to talk with someone, please see me, maybe a small group leader, a friend. We'd love to help you. We want to be here for you. We hope you can join us next week as we continue to talk about how we can stop freaking out. Let me, let me pray as we close. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for recording in it this story that helps us understand stress, helps us understand what causes stress in our life, what stress does in our life, and even the solution to stress. God, I pray that we would be a people who take all of our cares to you, every single one of them that we wouldn't try and walk around carrying the weight of, of the world on our shoulders, that we wouldn't try and carry the weight of expectations, that we wouldn't try and carry the weight of, of whatever it is, the stress in our lives that, that is, is leading us to be stressed out and distracting us from our relationship with you, that God, instead of carrying those things around and, and thinking about them constantly, we would take all of those to you and cast them at your feet. We know that you care. We know that you're bigger. We know that you aren't surprised by any of the things that come into our lives, and you're so much bigger than every single one of them. So God, help us to cast our cares upon you. God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you that he solved our biggest problem, and now anything we face in life, it's small in comparison. I pray that we would cast everything on you. Thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.